morning's story, I imagine, is pretty familiar for most of us. Jesus raises Lazarus. Jesus brings Lazarus back to life. Jesus was really good friends with this family, with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And they lived in a town that was not too far away from Jerusalem. So we heard the beginning of this story last Sunday. There's an exchange with Martha, one of the sisters, and Jesus. And Martha, like, she goes out to meet Jesus, and, and she's like, Jesus, if, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Kind of a heavy, heavy way to greet your friend in your grief. Although in the depths of grief, those were very real feelings that she was expressing to him. But there is this sense of, like, if only, if only you had. I wonder if you have ever found yourself in an experience, I know I certainly have, where I'm hearing from someone, if only you had remembered to do this, or if only you had shown up in a different way, or if only you had thought to say that thing to your friend, maybe things would have unfolded differently, if only. So Martha and Jesus have a bit of an exchange, and then Martha goes and gets her sister, Mary. Mary comes quickly, and she does sort of the same thing with Jesus, if only. We don't know why Jesus took so long to get there. I mean, presumably he knew that his friend was dying. He, he knew that maybe he could do something to help his friend so he wouldn't die, but at the very least, he could have shown up earlier to be with his friends in their grief, in their despair. If only. Jesus reminds Martha and Mary, and they, they know the answer, right? They've been with him, they are his disciples, they've been learning from him, and they know what the right thing to say is. And, and you wonder, like, did they, did they feel it? Did they really know it deep within them? Or were these the words that they knew they were supposed to depend upon? Yes, Rabbi, you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who comes into the world. But how does that help when I've lost my brother and I am sad? I find it really beautiful in this story, the story that comes from John's Gospel. Of the four canonical Gospels, John's was written last, so there's the most theology infused in it. In some ways, Jesus feels almost a little less human in John's Gospel. He's, he feels like he's a very wise sage in some of what he says, and that's, it's just because the most theology has developed around the life and words of Jesus. And yet here in this story, we hear about Jesus' emotions, about the feelings that are stirred up for him in this. He weeps. He is deeply moved within himself. His spirit was disturbed. These are big feelings that Jesus is experiencing, too. Feelings that I would imagine most of us or all of us can understand through different situations in our own lives.
Jesus joins Martha and Mary in their sadness, in their grief, and he weeps alongside with them. And then, then he goes about being Jesus and doing the work that Jesus was constantly about in those few years where he was walking around living among us. And he says, let's go to the tomb, take away the stone. No, Rabbi, it's been too long. It's been four days. This, this would not be pretty. This would not be good. And yet they follow his directions. And then he has this moment of prayer with his father, with his Abba. Frequently in the Gospels, Jesus retreats to the mountain and goes off and prays by himself. And we're not taken into those spaces. We just know that that was a part of Jesus' practice and rhythm, was to withdraw from his disciples or withdraw from the crowds and go spend time in prayer. And here, it's like he lifts the, the shade and, and opens the window a little bit to let his friends and disciples, but also the crowd, he lets them in on this very personal encounter that he is having with God. He says to God, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me. I'm saying this because of everybody standing around here, so that they may believe that you sent me, so that they may believe that Jesus is saying, so that they may believe that he is being about the work of God and the work of love. And then, he says, Lazarus, come out. And he does. Lazarus emerges from the tomb, but he emerges wrapped up and bound, still in the burial cloths, covering his face and binding up his hands and his feet. So Jesus has this personal moment with God that he invites us all into. And then he looks out and addresses everyone gathered there and tells them, loose him and let him go. While Jesus brings Lazarus to life, Jesus invites the people to unwrap him, to release him from the death, from the cloths of death that have been holding him back. Loose him, let him go, bring him back into this life, into this resurrected life. It's up to all of us to help unwrap Lazarus. I'm struck by the pairing this morning of this story, which is like very well known, but also sometimes there are those like golden gems that you're like, huh, I hadn't seen that before. But coupled with the reading that we heard from the Acts of the Apostles, we have this little tidbit of this person, Apollos, who was preaching, who had had, who'd heard a little bit, he had a little bit of understanding about Jesus and what Jesus was about. But he is like so excited and so passionate about it. I think the text says that he was on fire for it. And so he is preaching about Jesus. And Priscilla and Aquila, two other disciples, Notable that Priscilla is a named woman in Acts, because there are not many women named in the Acts of the Apostles. But Priscilla and Aquila, they were more formed. They had more understanding and practice in their discipleship. 
And they recognize this guy's energy and his passion. And so afterwards, they take him aside, and they're like, let us, let us teach, teach you some more. Let us bring you deeper into this. And then he's sent back out into the world. And I'm struck by that invitation for us. I feel like there's a, there's a way in. There's, it's like, even if you don't get it fully, even if, if you don't fully understand what's happening here, or even if you don't have it all like wrapped up, if the message doesn't make sense to you fully from start to finish, but if you have some excitement about it, if you're, if you're caught by the Spirit, go for it. And like, somebody will come around and help you learn a little bit further, but go for it. Apollos is, is encouraged and equipped with what he needs so that he can continue to go out and share this good news. Apollos is invited into this life of preaching and sharing. Similar, I think, in the way that Jesus is inviting all of the people gathered around Lazarus to be a part of his rebirth. The story also carries a lot of foreshadowing, so we hear this toward the end of the Easter season as we are looking to the coming of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost, which we celebrate next Sunday. But this story, you know, precedes Jesus' death and resurrection. And so in the text, in John's story about Jesus, beautifully foreshadows the details. The stone is moved away from the tomb, and then Lazarus emerges. What is interesting, I think of, you know, Jesus is like larger than life, and he knew everything. He was like maybe the the smartest, not maybe, but the smartest, most intelligent human being who, like, knew how to live the most human way, knew how to live so steeped in love. And in those four days before Jesus shows up to the tomb to help his friends, to bring new life, imagine that he knew that if he did this, if he showed up and he brought someone back to life, he was sealing his fate. He knew how things were going to unfold from him after that. Because in a lot of ways, it's really scary to think about resurrection. It's really scary to witness something that we're not prepared to see, something that is beyond what we expect. And he's healed people, and he's cast out demons, he's done all these other miracles, he's had all these great teachings, but like this, this, I think he knew this would really challenge the religious authorities. And so in turning to the home of Lazarus and Mary and Martha, it was sort of the first step in his offering of himself, of all that he had and all that he was. For what is to come, for opening the door, for making way, for resurrection, for new life, for all of us. As this Easter season comes to a close, as we live through the days of this coming week, may our eyes be opened to the ways in which we are invited to unwrap each other to offer a little love, a little light, to help someone find a little freedom. Because while we have our own individual relationships with God, we are called to be the body of Christ, 
this work together.